Hello, friends. You're listening to the Sound Off Podcast. My name is Nate Laux, and I'm your host. Sound Off is a community conversation show that airs each Monday and Friday live on 96.7 The Eagle in LaPorte, Indiana. And while podcasts don't allow for live interaction, we are still grateful to have you listening and engaged. So please help us out by subscribing and rating the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. Share the podcast with your friends and enjoy today's conversation. Welcome to this podcast of Sound Off from April 1st, 2022 with your host, Nate Laux. Nate's guest today is candidate for Sheriff Andy Hynek. Now here's your host, Pastor Nate Laux. Hello, friends. My name's Nate Laux, and you are listening to Sound Off only on 96.7 The Eagle. It's good to have you with us today. Um, as I said last uh, Monday when we had Al Odd on the show, we're going through all the sheriff candidates. Um, I hope you're getting out to you know listen and, and talk to different candidates as the primary comes up. Um, and here's the thing. You, you might not know this. You, you might not be partisan. When it comes to a primary, you get to vote in one of the Republican or Democratic primaries. It doesn't, you don't have to have a card. You don't have to have anything there other than when you go to the polls on that day, they're going to say, which, which one would you want? Republican or Democrat? Now, once you get that, you can only vote for a Republican or Democrat in the primary. When it comes to the general election, you can vote for whoever you want. But in the primary, you only get to vote for those sets of candidates. Um, but it's your responsibility to learn about them uh, and to, to ask them questions, these kind of things. And we've got some great sheriff candidates running. Um, they did a legal women voters uh, event. They were down in, I think, La Crosse yesterday talking. Uh, I did an event down in Hannah, Indiana, talking to the trustee candidates, all these kind of things. And I love it. I love all of this. It's so much fun to listen to candidates talk about their ideas, um, and honestly, it's it's kind of hopeful to talk about uh, ways that uh, you know people can hopefully make your life, my life better, um, and uh, improve systems and these kind of things. So today on the show, we've got Andy Heineck, and we're glad to have him. Andy, how are you? Great, thanks for having me, guys. Good to have you. So, Andy. Um, it, I'm going to ask you one basic question that I think every candidate should be able to ask. Why are you running for sheriff? Uh, great question, Nate. So this is a lifelong goal of mine to uh, to run the agency. Um, I think I've done um, a lot within my last 22 years to set myself up uh, as far as leadership roles go to lead the department. And um, I've got some really good ideas and a vision to take the department forward. So talk a little bit for people that don't know you, um, a little bit about your career. I just saw on Facebook on the LaPorte County Sheriff's uh, Department Facebook, I think you're celebrating 22 years. Is that 22 right? 22 years. Uh, 22 long years on Sunday uh, is actually the anniversary. Um, I started when I was 21 years old. So I've I've worked over half of my life at the sheriff's office. I started in the jail division from the jail division. Uh, I went to the merit side where I patrolled uh, for about 10 years, primarily midnight shift. Uh, after that, I was fortunate enough uh, under Sheriff Mullenauer, and at the time, uh, now what well, is now Sheriff Boyd, he was the chief of detectives. I was uh, promoted to a detective. I investigated property crimes, burglaries, uh, robberies, stuff like that. And then in 2014, I was uh, fortunate enough to be assigned to a new unit that uh, our department had joined a uh, partnership with the United States Marshal Service uh, serving 
high-risk felony warrants uh, in the greater Chicagoland, Northwest Indiana area. I served in that position until January of 2017 when our uh, agency became uh, a member of HIDA, High Intensity Drug Trafficking Area, and I was promoted to the commander of the LaPorte County Drug Task Force. That was the year we started it. It was combined, and it still is a combined initiative of some very highly motivated uh, high-speed investigators that investigate drug crimes and violent uh, firearms crimes, stuff like that. And so I I, I ran that unit um, until I was promoted to captain in 2019, actually about three years ago this week. um, And I'm now a commander on the midnight shift. So I oversee uh, the operations from 10 at night until six in the morning when most people are sleeping. I get to work with, again, some really highly motivated uh, deputies that uh, ensure everybody is safe uh, all night long. So I want to talk to you about a question that I think all of our candidates should should maybe deal with. So it's such an interesting time to be a a law enforcement officer. Um, You know, we've got political turmoil. You got one side who, you know, uh, champion this defund the police kind of thing. You got another side that, um, as I was watching, the insurrection was, you know, uh, police officers just getting beat, these kind of things. Um, you've got a lot of rhetoric out there, right? But Absolutely. I think majority of people do support the police. I, I, I genuinely believe that. But I know that the sheriff is also not just the administrative kind of leader. They're also the the, the public person, right? Um, th- their job is also to be in the public, to help people trust law enforcement, to help people know law enforcement, these kind of things. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Great question. So again, there is a lot of rhetoric and uh, truthfully, I, I wish uh, as a sheriff candidate, I didn't have to be uh, declare a party. I, I truly believe that um, all of our law enforcement officers in this county are neutral. N- nobody's, you know, extreme left or extreme right, but that is uh, one of the requirements. And there is uh, rhetoric on uh, defund the police, and and I think that's first off uh, absolutely horrible, a horrible message to send. Uh, now more than ever, we need to be putting more money into law enforcement, specifically into stuff like training. Right? Uh, there is. Uh, across the country, these issues that have occurred, I think are are largely in part to a lack of training, Um, either whether it's because agencies can't afford it or simply we have an officer that's got 20 or 25 years on. He went to training at the beginning of his career and he hasn't had a whole bunch of training since then. So I think we need to allocate more funds for stuff like training and mental health um, and again, do um, a lot more partnerships with uh, some mental health professionals as well, uh, similar to what they've done in Valparaiso. So we've got Andy Heineck on the show today. Andy is running for sheriff on the Democratic Party. If you have a question, you're welcome to call the Liquor Vault on airline at 219-362-0522. You're also welcome to uh, email me at soundoff at 967theeagle.com. Or if you'd like, if you're watching through our Facebook live stream or YouTube, just put your comments there in the, the chat and we'll we'll get those as well. And I'd be happy to ask him uh, as well. So what makes you uniquely qualified, do you think, to be the sheriff? What, what you know, we've got some good candidates running. Why, what sets you apart from some of the other candidates? Yeah, we do. We're fortunate to have some really good candidates running. Um, 
kind of a good problem to have for the citizens of the county, right? Um, but I think the the difference uh, in my background is that I've uh, been fortunate uh, to work in every single division within the agency. I've had a leadership role in most of those divisions, so I have a really good working understanding of the department. Um, and then some of the relationships that I've been able to make with uh, folks on the community. Um, I'm very active within the community as far as sitting on several boards. Uh, you know, I sit on the uh, Boys and Girls Club Board of LaPorte County, Community Corrections Board, and the uh, Small Animal Shelter Board, all boards that I've sat on um, for many, many years, um, simply because uh, I, I try to form those relationships because I think it is very important for our department to have those. Um, we're more than just the police. So there's a couple of things uh, in the last couple of months that have gained some, you know, just some attraction here on the show. People have been very interested in these topics. Um, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I've, I've been, I asked Al a lot on Monday, but I also want to talk to you about it as well. Um, first one I want to talk about is the local income tax. So for our listeners that might not know, the local income tax is a proposal um, really stemming um, largely from Mayor Tom Dermody, uh, but it's a tax that has to be approved by the county council. And if it's approved, then there's a local income tax, which means it only impacts residents in LaPorte County, and it's only for public safety. Now, that could be you know police officers, fire departments, EM, uh, EMT, um, but all that money should go towards them. There's some listeners that say, you know, again, that they're, they think, you know, we should all just try to live in our budgets as everyone is trying to do with uh, inflation, all of these kind of things. And then some say of all the things they want their tax money to be spent on, it's, it's law enforcement. It's, you know, keeping the public safe, keeping, you know, um, making sure that ambulances get to where they're going, these kind of things. So as the, you know, somebody running to be the sheriff, what is your thoughts on the local income tax for public safety? Uh, I am absolutely in support of the uh, the local income tax, and I'll tell you why. <clears throat> so when I call 911 and I need a policeman or I need a paramedic or I need a fireman, I want the best of the best to come, right? And so we have to make sure that we are paying our firemen and our policemen and our paramedics and our dispatchers all uh, a competitive wage. N none of those people that I just mentioned got into this uh, profession or into their professions uh, to get rich. But in order to keep them here, we have to be competitively priced, right, uh, to our neighbors to the east and the west and the south and the north. And um, over the last year and a half, or so we have started to lose officers and paramedics and firemen and dispatchers that are simply going and making more money within a short drive uh, from here. And along with those wages, you have to figure in the cost. If, if we lose a deputy and they go to another agency, we now have to pay to outfit those officers, uh, the new officer to train them. And so there's a cost associated with that. Um, and again, it's not just the sheriff's department's uh, money or the sheriff's department's budget. This this money, uh, that the, the increased revenue will also obviously go to fire, EMS, dispatch, uh, the jail, right? Um, at some point, that's going to be a conversation that's going to have to be had in the near future that jail is aging. Uh, you know, they say anywhere from eight to nine uh, years for every one uh, 
real year, the jail ages eight to nine years. Kind of like dog years, huh? Exactly right. So, you know, we have to have some uh, funding mechanisms. The council has to have some funding mechanisms set up. So Mayor Dermody's done a really good job on promoting this and explaining it um, in layman's terms to folks. He's he's passionate about it. He's gone around to every single uh, small uh, municipality and explained and answered questions to them along with Sheriff Boyd. Um, and hopefully we can get this through. You know, on this show, I don't give Mayor Dermody any compliments, so I'll say he's adequate. Um, <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, another topic that's been, you know, in the news and, and something that law enforcement specifically has been talking about, including the Sheriff John Boyd and, and uh, the Indiana State um, uh, Police uh, Chair or uh, Executive Director, uh, all of these people have been talking about, you know, what this... Uh, new gun law that passed, how it will impact public safety. And many police officers, not all, many um, believe that, again, having permits to carry handguns is a a good and uh, step, but also not too much to ask for people that want to carry handguns. Now, I do know one of your your can one of your uh, opponents on the the, the right, uh, Andrew Morse, does support um, that that law. The you know not having it, but I know that you know Alot. I know um, John Boyd and some others were in support of it. Where do you stand on some of that? Uh, good question and hot topic, right? So I am in support of. Uh the permits and and the reason I say that or, and my ideology is this what a lot of people don't know is when somebody applies for a permit they start at the local level so if you live in one of the small municipalities you would apply there for your permit uh, Westville Trail Creek Kingsford Heights etc or the sheriff's department Michigan City um, and a lot of times we may have encountered somebody that has a mental health episode where they have voluntarily check themselves into a mental health facility. When they do that, our guys generate a report and the person is given a ride to the hospital and they say, I'm here, I need some mental health help. What happens is then, let's say two weeks later, they come in and they want a handgun permit. Um, We have that internal knowledge that we can say, wait a minute, let's flag it and at least give it another look and have the state police down in Indianapolis, uh, who is responsible, they're tasked with actually issuing that permit to make sure that this person is mentally stable and we don't have somebody that maybe shouldn't have a a firearm or have a handgun permit out there. I am a realist and I understand that um, a lot of it, when it comes to crime, they're not going to obey the law anyways, right? Um, but it, a lot of it, again, goes back to mental health. Now, with that being said, when we talk about permitting, I by no means think that we need to be charging people an exorbitant amount to get that permit, right? Most stuff is computerized, so it's not like we have a lot of man hours in that. So I, I think there needs to be an equal balance between having the permits, but not, again, forcing somebody to pay some exorbitant amount of money to get that permit. All right, we've got Sheriff Candidate Andy Heineck on the show today. We're going to take our first break, but if you have a question for Mr. Heineck, you're welcome to call the Liquor Vault on airline at 209-362-0522. We'll be opening the phone lines for you. Also, if you want to email me at soundoff at 967theagle.com, that'd be great as well. And if you're streaming with us online or you're watching on Facebook or the YouTubes, as the kids say, you're welcome to put your comments in there as well. I'm just glad to have you with us on the show today. Thanks for listening and keep going. We're going to be right back here in a couple of minutes on 96.7 The Eagle. 
Welcome back, friends. Glad to have you with us today on the show. We've got Sheriff Candidate Andy Heineck, um, who's talking about his campaign, some of the things that he supports. If you want to give us a call or if you have a question for uh, Mr. Heineck, 219-362-0522 or email me at soundoff at 967legal.com. If you're streaming with us online, uh, you can put the comments in on uh, Facebook or YouTube, and I'd be happy to read the question for you. Um, let's get to a, a caller. We've got uh, someone online. I'm going to guess this is Steve Hollyfield, because, Steve, you almost always get the first call of the day. What's up, buddy? Hey, <laughs> thank you, Mr. Hynek, for coming on to answer questions, and uh, thank you for your service for LaPorte County. Um, I, I got two quick questions. I ask the same of every candidate. Uh, are there any other things that you can think of to cut the budget's expenses there's a lot of things that could be looked at in LaPorte County and also the Sheriff's Department, like the Sheriff Boyd did with food services, to cut to save instead of having to use a left tax. And also, what are your thoughts on placement of a new jail? It's going to be coming. Someone's going to have to admit to it. And what's your thought about <laughs> the placement? And uh, where do you think it should go? Thank you. Yeah, that's a, a good question. Thanks, uh, Steve. And again, you can talk about budget here. And, and I did want to talk about jail, but let's, let's tackle the, the budget question first. Hey, thanks for calling, Steve. Um, you know, I, I think there we can always and we should always be looking at ways to cut the budget and doing stuff uh, like Sheriff Boyd has done as far as uh, privatizing some of the stuff, so long as we are not um, affecting, uh, you know, folks' jobs, right? We want to make sure that, that these people that have been longtime employees there still have their job. They're not going to be shipped off someplace else. So I think we can, we should, and all organizations should always be looking at ways to to reduce uh, spending. Uh, I think we can also do that by doing uh, some you know, competitive bidding. And another idea that I have is uh, partnering with some of our local uh, agencies, LaPorte City, Michigan City, Westville, Kingsford Heights, uh, stuff like that with these other agencies and saying, look, we need to buy 15 uh, bulletproof vests this year for our deputies, right? Well, when we call the salesman and he says they're you know five hundred dollars a piece, but we say we want to buy fifteen, he says, "Well, I can I sell those for four seventy five a piece." And so now we've saved twenty five dollars. But if we can uh, get into kind of like a cooperative with some of our other uh, municipalities, and we say instead of buying fifteen bulletproof vests, for example, we're going to buy forty of them. Now we've saved everybody a little bit of money, right? And so I think if we do stuff like that, we can save uh, money in our budget. Yeah, and the the second question you had, which I had written down. Here, that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I, I remember Mayor Dermody talked about this, I think, on the morning mayhem, and, and he caused mayhem uh, because he talked about eventually potentially moving the jail out. And this is a conversation that often happens, you know, behind the scenes because it's it's projecting, right? People know that work in the jail, people know that work in the city, that, that you're landlocked at the jail, you're landlocked there. And some of the services for jail, some of the services for office stuff just can't happen in the building they're in. And so as as Steve, the caller said, you know, somebody's got to be honest with this. You mentioned earlier that probably this next sheriff is gonna maybe start having to deal with that even more seriously, correct? Absolutely. And so, you know, when we talk about, again, the jail is aging at eight or nine years for every uh, real year, uh, it is a conversation we have to have. And we have to look at, um, one, how are we going to fund that, right? So that that's part of the lit tax, uh, I believe. But, um, you know, this uh, building, uh, it just simply is uh, outdated. It doesn't have, you know, the technology that um, 
you know, in 2004, when we opened that building is much different uh, than it is today. Uh, those hardworking folks that go in there every single day, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, our jail deputies will tell you um, they're constantly battling uh, issues, mechanical issues and logistical issues in there. And we need to, uh, one, make sure that we have a work environment for them that's safe, uh, that when they come to work that they feel safe. Um, but, you know, when we talk about a jail, um, we're landlocked where we are now. Uh, it's not in a very good location when it comes to stuff like parking and getting around. Um, so we have to look at, well, where are we going to put it at? Uh, I believe that if we get, um, you know, at some of the county land, use some of the county land out by the fairgrounds. But inevitably, every time that you talk about a jail, people will say, Yep, we need a new jail. And, and we can take them on a tour and show them, look how, uh, you know, dilapidated this door is or, or this uh, facility is. But everybody's going to say, yep, we need a we need a new jail, but not in my backyard, right? It comes with, a, that, that happens a lot of times, a lot of different topics, but specifically the jail. We all agree we need a jail, but not in my backyard because I don't want it to affect my property value. The, the sense of security, right? People that live close to facilities sometimes feel unsafe, you know, that, that what if an offender would happen to get loose or something like that. Um, so typically they don't stay close to the jail if they do get loose. They try to go as far <laughs> as they can and knock on wood. We never have to deal with that here. So, so then, you know, it, it kind of, for me, this question of a jail, um, and, and we won't hit on this too hard, but, um, the question of a new jail in the port or whatever, uh, also begs a question about reform programs, right? Because one of the things that I know, um, you've talked about is mental health, these kind of things. But also, um, I, I think some of the candidates, not just you, have talked about this. You know, the whole guy, the whole idea is recidivism, right? That trying to to get people to not come back to jail. Um, Correct. And and some of that is uh, I was talking to somebody that worked for the uh, prosecutor's office a couple of years ago, and they said sometimes what you have to do when people come into the jail is you have to peel back up the layers of the onion, right? And and you you find out that somebody you know uh, through the problem solving court or something, somebody has got this trauma that happened, these kind of things. So. The sheriff, again, um, you can punish people. You can just put them in jail, or you can try to be a little bit more um, proactive in saying, okay, what, what can we do to get people to stop coming to jail? What are your thoughts on that? Great question, and it's actually one of my um, main focuses uh, in my campaign is the reduction of recidivism. Right, If the American criminal justice system is founded on the belief of rehabilitation, we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing to rehabilitate an offender? And so when these folks come in, a lot of them don't have a support system when they're on the outside to help them to teach them a skill. And so one of my ideas, uh, again, is not to reinvent the wheel, is simply to do um, some of the programs that are being done around us. Elkhart County has Ivy Tech within their facility. Uh, Sheriff Redman over at St. Joe County has the IN uh, into work program, I into work program uh, in his facility. Again, to give these folks uh, maybe a little added skill and more importantly, a little hope, right? That's what all uh, that's a basic human uh, need and want is for hope. So if we can give an offender a little bit of hope when they came in, they didn't have the hope when they leave, they have that and and they go in to an employer and say, look, I have the certificate. I learned this basic skill, so instead of being an entry-level employee, now maybe I can start out a little bit higher than entry-level. I feel good about myself. I'm making this paycheck on my own. I'm not stealing from mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, and uncle. And um, I'm not going to go back to jail anymore, right? And so now we've done our part 
um, and we've been that support system for them. It doesn't do any good to take somebody and have the courts sent somebody to a year. We put them in a cell and we say, okay, we the citizens are going to pay to feed you and medicate you and all the uh, uh, costs that come associated with being in a facility. And then we open the door after a year and we say, oh, I can't believe he came back or she came back after three weeks. Well, what did we do? What was the meaningful part of that incarceration? We've got Andy Heineck on the show today. Andy's running for LaPorte County Sheriff on the Democratic ticket. Uh, if you have a question, we'd love to hear from you today. You're welcome to email us or, or call us. Uh, you can call me at 209-362-0522. It gets right through the studio. Or uh, email me at soundoff at 967theeagle.com. Here's a question for you. What does Captain Heineck think about gun, confisc- gun confiscation? Okay, so as far as gun confiscation, you know, I have a lot of experience with that. Uh, In my years with the drug task force, we worked a lot of crimes that involved firearms, illegally possessed firearms. So again, if the question is is to that, you know, somebody that's committed a crime, uh, they are a felon or or whatever the case is, uh, I believe in that. If, If like a general, should we go out and, you know, beat down people's doors and take guns? Absolutely not. And I don't think there's any candidate that would that would think that all right um the sheriff is a high profile position in the county and works with law enforcement officials at the highest level um uh, does andy have anyone he prefers for prosecutor and why uh you know i i enjoy working with several prosecutors over my 22 years um they've all been good to me um, and, you know, so whoever's in there, I think it's important that our, our law enforcement agencies, not just the sheriff's department, uh, has a good working relationship with them. And I can say uh, that I and our department, not just myself, have, I believe, had a really good working relationship with all of our prosecutors over the last 22 years. And, and I would say that that's very important because uh, none of us can get anything done by ourselves. All right, we've had Andy Heineck on the show today, and uh, we're talking about his campaign for sheriff. Uh, last week we had, or on Monday we had Al Ott. This coming week we've got Ron Heeg and um, James Arnold. So you're going to hear from almost all of the candidates. Andrew Morris is not scheduled yet, but we're going to get him on here, I promise. Um, if you have a question, please do call us, 219-362-0522. I see we have a call on, online. Uh, let's, let's take a break first, and we're going to get to you. Stay patient. We'll be right back here on 96.7 The Angle. I feel like I failed you, everyone. It's April 1st. I don't have an April Fool's Day uh, joke uh, or any kind of prank or anything. So, um, you know, do something yourself. Prank yourself. You know, just do something and say it's from me. All right, we got Andy Hynek on the show today. Andy is running for sheriff for LaPorte County um, on the Democratic ticket. Over the next couple of weeks, we've got the, the sheriff candidates, so you can listen to them and learn from about their platforms. If you have a question, again, it's 209-362-0522 or email me at soundoff at 967 Diego. We just got about 10 minutes left on the show. Let's get to our caller. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Glad to have you today. What's your question for Andy Hynek? Hey, Nate, what a pleasure. Officer Andy Heineck, thanks for coming on and uh, taking questions and answering, and uh, and thank you for your service. Just outstanding. Um, you know, in, in the old days, you had guns, batons, and handcuffs, and, and the technology today is incredible, from tasers to the personal handheld thermal imaging, the police vehicle windshield camera thermal, thermal imaging. You have the government drones thermal imaging that are in the sky. Um, th- this technology is stellar. Um, where where do you see the line drawn between citizens 
privacy in how uh, these technologies can go and invade inside people's homes without their knowledge, without warrants, and image them in any place they are in their home. Uh, how do you feel about some of this? I, All right, it's I'll, very I'll, intrusive. Let's, yeah, let's let Andy answer that. Not All right, a lot go of ahead. people talk about it. It's, um, <clears throat> I, obviously, I, I would never uh, support you know doing anything illegal or going into a house. You know, We uh, at the Sheriff's Department pride ourselves on um, following the 4th and 14th Amendment uh, very, very closely. Uh, when in doubt, we, we always get search warrants uh, when those are needed. We, again, have a good working relationship with the prosecutor's office and um, there is a need for that technology though because sometimes um, when we have stuff like robots and drones we can put those into harm's way where we're not having to put an officer into harm's way we uh, recently I have to give a shout out to detective uh, Jake coach from our uh, office he started a drone program he's very passionate about now we have uh, several other drone operators on our department uh, deputy Trey Masterson and detective Austin Howell and they're very passionate about that but they are able to put those drones in places uh, where if we would have to put a human sometimes they would be in a, in a very dangerous position and if the difference is we have to have an officer get hurt or a drone um, destroyed I'd much rather have that drone destroyed but again we always operate you know under the the auspice of uh, the Constitution all right let's get to another question hey thanks so much for listening to the show thanks for being here what's your question for Andy Heineck Oh, hi, Nate and uh, Deputy Heineck. This is Tommy Kolovic calling. Hey, hey, if you have a young person that's interested in becoming a, a LaPorte County Sheriff's deputy and maybe someday uh, becoming the new LaPorte County Sheriff, explain what they have to do. Thank you. All right. How, how can, obviously, uh, there's always a need for law enforcement. What can people do if they're interested in becoming a yeah, thanks for calling, Tommy. Uh, sure, anybody that wants to apply to the Sheriff's Department, we are currently hiring. We're probably almost always hiring. Um, we have openings within our jail division. We have openings on our merit division. They can come down and fill out an application, um, and I would encourage them uh, to do that. Uh, I would encourage them, like I said, you can go online and get that application. Um, and we, as soon as this, uh, very soon now, we'll have our ride-along program uh, reinstituted. It's kind of been on hold uh, due to uh, the pandemic, but uh, that's another way for somebody that's interested in law enforcement uh, can reach out to our PIO, Captain Allen, and get that set up where they can come out and see if that's something they're interested in, right, right along with one of our deputies. Yeah, shout out to Derek Allen there. All right, so here's a question we received on Facebook Live um, for you. Um, what are your thoughts on controlling the people coming into our co county, people coming up from the border and people from overseas, i.e. Afghanistan and Camp Atterbury, to protect the people of our county from federal overreach? Uh, again, that uh, a lot of that falls back onto ICE, but um, it is important that our department continues to have a good working relationship with those organizations and we support um, what what they need you know when they when they call and they say they need assistance locating somebody that is here illegally uh, we need to you know provide that resource to them um, again almost everything that we do including stuff like that uh, falls under you know in the guidelines of the Constitution and you know we're not swooping up into somebody's house in the middle of the night and you know going in there illegally and, and ripping them to the jail or something. Is there a way that I can pay you to do that uh, to Dennis Sedell? 
Well, like, is I'm, that for like a higher thing? Or I'm, no? I'm trying to fund a campaign, so uh, you've you've picked the right time to do that. <laughs> All right, because I mean, I, I'm 100% for the Constitution for most people, um, but I, I'm willing to to again, uh, you know, compromise my beliefs if it goes against Dennis Sedell. So um, let's talk a little bit. If you've got a question, we've got a couple minutes left. Two one nine three six two zero five two two. You're welcome to call us and talk to Andy Heineck. But I want to talk a little bit about um, the drug problem. Uh, we, we see, you know, again, and what's interesting about this, this is not a problem that's unique to LaPorte County. This is a problem unique to all of America, right? I mean, this is something that's going on, but the sheriff and, and the um, community health partners, they're the ones that are, are tasked to, to make our community better. What can a sheriff and law enforcement do to help, you know, our, our issues with, with drugs, uh, not only those selling, but also hopefully, like you mentioned, giving hope to those who are addicted? Good question. Again, another one of my uh, my platforms. Um, and that's one of the things I think that sets me apart from the other candidates is um, having been the only one that's been in the drug task force specifically as the commander of that. Um, and I think we did a really good job and the folks in the drug task force today are still doing a really good job of having those partnerships with the prosecutor's office and some of our um, health facilities within the county. Um, but it, it absolutely is not a problem that's unique to LaPorte County. Um, everywhere we go uh, across you know, the country now, somebody knows somebody that's affected by this um, epidemic. And we have to do um, a better job. All of us have to do a better job of combating that. You know, 10 or 15 years ago, you'd run into somebody and they say, well, I don't know anybody that's, that's been addicted to drugs, or I don't know anybody that, that's, you know, known somebody that's overdosed and died. But uh, one of my uh, uh, ideas is that we have to do, um, let these people that have a story to tell, tell their story. And I think that is uh, one of the ways it, that when I tell people I want to use an educational approach to the heroin epidemic, that's it. Uh, let these people tell those tell the, tell their story. Um, you know, I tell people if I went and talked to some adolescents and I tell them don't do drugs, they're going to look at me and say, well, what does this guy know about addiction, right? He's never had that. But if we bring some of these people that have successfully been through stuff like our problem solving court and we bring those and let them tell their story of how painful it was physically and mentally and how they didn't have a place to live and they were stealing from mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt and uncle, et cetera, and all of the challenges that were presented to their life because of that bad choice, hopefully then when those adolescents get to the good choice, bad choice point of their life, they say, man, that, that young man or that young lady that looks like me and talks like me came and told me about their story and I don't want to go down the path that they went down. Same thing. We, we use some of these parents that really have a story to tell and they want to tell that story of, you know, uh, maybe a loss of life or the battle of the addiction overall with um, their child or their niece or their nephew, or their grandchild. We, we need those folks to to shine a light to the folks that maybe haven't had kids that age yet. So they're more in tune with what uh, signs do they need to be looking for and start asking those tough questions. All right, let's get to our final question of the day. Hey, you're our final question of the day. Thanks so much for listening to the show. What's your question for Andy Heineck? Hi, I was wondering, what are your plans on to support not only the officers on the road, but all of the employees? Thank you. 
Good question. So um, I am a, a big proponent of promoting our employees, right? We need to do whatever we can to, to shine a spotlight on them when they do a good job and take input from them, whether it's our jail uh, deputies or our road deputies. I um, am committed to making sure that they have a say in stuff like equipment and uniforms and stuff like that. Allow them um, you know, to have not everything is authoritarian. Some stuff we do in law enforcement and law enforcement leadership has to be authoritarian. But some of the other things we can do for our deputies, allow them to have a buy in there, right? Let, allow them to have a say when it comes to, you know, do they want this type of shift or wear this type of uniform? Or one of the other topics that has come up uh, in this camp, uh, this campaign uh, for sheriff is, you know, the question of a contract. And, um, you know, if I, I believe that the majority of our deputies are in favor of that, but again, I, I would allow that to go to a vote. And if that's something they're interested in, again, um, to do whatever we can to have a buy-in there. And ultimately, at the end of the day, the most important thing that I can do for our employees is to ensure that every one of those merit deputies and every one of those jail deputies goes home every night safe to their families. All right, well, Andy, thank you so much for being on the show. How can people find you online? They can find me at HeinekForSheriff.com. I have a Andy Heineck for Sheriff Facebook page, my personal Facebook page. They can call me. They can come to my house, uh, whatever they want. I'm accessible 24 hours a day, seven days a week, except for the three hours I sleep a day. All right. Well, thanks so much for being on the show again. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we'll have Ron Heeg and James Arnold on the show. Um, you'll be able to hear some more from sheriff candidates. If you have any questions for that, we'd, we'd appreciate hearing from you. Hey, be good to each other. Be good, good to yourself and have a great weekend and keep listening to 96.7 The Eagle. Thank you for joining us and voicing your opinion on this edition of Sound Off. The views on Sound Off are those of the host or callers and do not represent the opinion of 96.7 The Eagle, Spoon River Media LLC, or the sponsors. Sound Off airs every Monday and Friday at 1230. Please mark your calendar and join us again for the next edition of Sound Off on 96.7 The Eagle. Thank you for listening to the Sound Off podcast at 96.7TheEagle.com.